Flex win or lose fantasy football weeks. You can start just one. You need a huge performance. And if you're in Superflex or two quarterback league, they're the most valuable resources in our beautiful game. But this season, hey, we are drafting them very differently than years past. And there's a reason why the top fantasy quarterbacks now run. Historically, that was not the case. Looking back at it, there's only a couple seasons, like 12 of them all time, where quarterbacks were averaging 23 points per game. All of the top four of these elite quarterbacks have averaged that many points since 2019. These are freaks, freaks, freaks. Way different ball game, especially in half PPR. That's why we've been prioritizing these guys. Today, we're going to rank them. We're going to tier them up. And I do want to reiterate the point that Hayden just made. The top four, and even let's say the top three scores of last season, your Patrick Mahomes, your Josh Allen's, your, your Jalen Hurts's, they average 24 points per week. Okay. The next, in terms of getting to the fourth quarterback, average 20 points a week. And it's not just, hey, we get four extra points, which puts us ahead of our opponents. It's also how rarely they score fewer than 20 points than everyone else who can yeah. bottom out to 9, 10, 11. So you get the consistency and you also get the ceilings. And really, that gives us a massive advantage for every single fantasy football matchup that we enter. And that's why, more than ever before, we mm -hmm. typically like to do late round quarterbacks in years past. This year, we are prioritizing the three or four elite names. And I believe all of our top 10 or 11 quarterbacks are like 28 years old or younger. So these are like the prime of their careers. Okay, here we go. Our quarterback one this year is Jalen Hurts in the elite dual tier. Just two games of fewer than 20 points last season. And it's the stat that we talked about all summer long. Jalen Hurts threw just 60 passes in fourth quarters all of last season. For context, that is the same total as Cooper Rush threw in fourth quarters of last season. So with how great the Eagles offense was last year, how efficient, how successful and blowing out opponents, many people think, well, it has to regress. Well, they get to actually try in fourth quarters this year if things go a bit more wonky than they did last year. And even without the fourth quarter production, it was the sixth best fantasy football season ever. Like, <laughs> he's only getting better. Nothing about the offense really has changed. His passing touchdown rate was only at 4.8%. That could be 6% or 6.5%. Second most rushing uh, touchdowns ever because he's a freak. The offensive line is freakish. It's a fast-paced offense. This is like the safest player in fantasy football, but I don't want to like discredit his upside either. He was a top 12 overall player last year. So actually in my rankings, like we'll keep him in the same tier uh, as these other guys. But in my rankings, he's ahead. He is ahead. If you watch our cheat code videos for Yahoo or ESPN, our goal for every single one of those is in the later part of round three to exit with Jalen Hurts or one of these elite quarterbacks in each of those. And just quickly, the structure of this offense is like so flawless. Like when you consider how great the offensive line is, then because of that, the running game is so successful. Then off of that, you have the RPOs or screen game to the tight end. And then that just forces, you know, defenses to creep up into the box and play single high. And then guess what? You have two elite wide receivers on the outside and Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. It's not fair. Yeah. Uh, one last note. I was listening to the Eagles and Al Michaels was interviewing Jalen Hurts. They're like, what is your hobbies outside of football? He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's like us and making YouTube videos. OK, yeah. next up. <laughs> Our quarterback, too, is actually Josh Allen. And Hayden, we've recorded one of these videos, let's say the start of August. And I think you and I have both moved Josh Allen now to our quarterback, too. Why? 
he averaged 26 fantasy points per game. If you remove the five weeks after that elbow injury, pretty wild that he was able to even like play through it. Like he was very clearly uh, injured while playing through it. Same thing with Gabe Davis. The offensive line wasn't that good for Buffalo. This oh. defense is pretty old now. Like Von Miller's on the pup list and stuff. I think that the, the Buffalo bills could be in more shootouts. And what was crazy, they were turning the ball over in the red zone frequently. And he was still this much of a freak in fantasy land. It's better pass game weapons just because Gabe's healthy. You add Dalton Kincaid, which is like basically a slot wide receiver, more James cook snaps, probably good thing for Josh Allen, more explosiveness over there too. So it's another one of these Jalen hurts like players where the floor is impeccable. So if he's sitting there in the third round, right? Look at all the other boom bust players that he's being drafted by. And I still think the ceiling is rare because he can average 26 fantasy points again this year. I know that many of you think like preseason, why read into it too much? Instead, I'm going to extrapolate off of it because as Hayden said, the weapons outside of Stefan Diggs were very hit or miss because you had an unhealthy Gabriel Davis, unhealthy Dawson Knox at periods of time. Devlin Singletary is still getting run, so on and so forth. Now bring in Dalton Kincaid, who can be a matchup weapon, whether in line or split out. We've seen them already attack linebackers and safeties with that. And then bring in Deontay Hardy, who is this team's starting slot wide receiver who can create massive plays after the catch or get vertical and win deep, which they really haven't had over the middle of the field other than Gabriel Davis. These are like small. I know a first round pick was Dalton Kincaid, but these are real changes to an offense that was mm-hmm. already incredibly explosive. I will add the only other wrinkle that we've heard is that they want Josh Allen to be featured less inside the 10-yard line, less in terms of running the football. Just to put some context to that, last two years, he's had at least 760 rushing yards and six touchdowns in each of those games. Question is, will that go away? I am less inclined to think so, Hayden, because he's a pedal-to-the-floor player, and when the pads start flying, I think he's going to make plays happen. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is next for us. Just like Josh Allen, just three games of less than 20 points this past season. It's incredible that he led the NFL in passing yards with 5,250 and touchdowns with the wide receiver group last year. Yet his wide receiver group this year is MVS, Sky Moore, Justin Ross, Justin Watson, etc. It's hard to rank him because his situation is way worse than the other quarterbacks that we're talking about. It's like based off of like the skill groups and stuff. But at the same time, he's Patrick Mahomes' best player I've ever seen. He's like on pace for like 5,000 and like 40 touchdowns every single year. It's incredible stuff. It's just that the his skill group is a little bit less certain, especially oh, yeah. with Travis Kelsey at this point. So I've moved him down a little bit. And he also rushes a little bit less than these other guys. But Andy Reid, first in neutral pass rate third and neutral pace. We know what we're getting from Patrick Mahomes. I've just been drafting him slightly less because I just like Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen and even Lamar Jackson at his cost a little bit more. Yeah, on underdog right now, Patrick Mahomes is being drafted as the first quarterback off the board. So that's why we're not ending up with him as much. Um, he did add a career-high 3.5 rushing points per game last season. And to speak to the floor that he brings to the table because he is just a superhuman talent, his lowest scoring week last season, Hayden, He was just the quarterback 13. So it's not like he's going to lose you any weeks either. He's not going to bottom out at all. Okay. Many people might end it there. This season, we're doing our little dances, praying to the fantasy football gods and trying to bring back 28.1 points per game MVP 2019 Lamar Jackson to the table. 
that also was the best fantasy quarterback season of all time. Yeah. And that was with uh, Marquise Brown was a rookie like Nick Boyle. Nick freaking Boyle was a top yeah. receiver. So this is the best supporting cast he's had by a country mile. The offensive line looks healthier than it has been the last couple of years. Talk about they go three deep at wide receiver plus a healthy Mark Andrews. I mean, my God. And then beyond that, it's the offensive coordinator change over the last four years. Baltimore's finished 32nd, 32nd, 9th and 28th in pass attempts. Maybe let's say they're like 14th this year. The volume that we're talking about is unbelievable. And also the side note here, maybe a little less design quarterback runs, but the scrambles are going to go up and scrambles quietly are way more valuable than the design runs because linebackers out of there, safeties are out of there, especially if you're playing man coverage and you get any scrambling from Lamar Jackson, we can be seeing some 40, 50 yard runs like we saw with Justin Fields. Yeah, I wish I had done a little bit extra homework and looked up his scrambles in 11 personnel previously and seen what those numbers are because we could get way more 11 personnel this year than we have in the past. Typically with Greg Roman, it was a lot of multiple tight end stuff. Heck, I think other than the 49ers, they led the NFL in fullback usage with Patrick Ricard. And that's just changing. Like that has totally changed. Um, He has gone down every single year in fantasy points per game since that, again, 28.1 season. and when he did play 15 games for the last time, he had a thousand rushing yards and seven touchdowns. But man, like all we've heard about is, you know, checkdowns and using every blade of grass and pro style offense. I'm excited to see that because that's what made him thrive at Louisville. We just haven't been able to see it so far this preseason. Well, back at Louisville, it was so many just downfield shots yes. that were just like all of a sudden that drive was over. He has 10 fancy points because of a long touchdown. We we haven't seen that much of it in Baltimore. This is going to be very fun to watch. Okay, that ends tier one for us. Before we jump into tier two, we are doing these rankings for every single position this week. Last week, I already mentioned it. We did cheat code videos for all the platforms that you are drafting on. This is the channel to subscribe to if you want to win your fantasy football draft and your fantasy football league. Don't forget about September and October. Those are very important too. So subscribe. We'll help you, you know, succeed this season. Okay. And play on our app too. Fantasy. And, and play an underdog. I'll match your first deposit. I'll be nice today. Uh, if you click the link in the description down below, I'll match your first deposit up to $100. Tier two for us begins with Joe Burrow. Since the offense flipped in week six of last season, he had six games of 23 plus points, including three games of 30 plus points. He is in total command of the Cincinnati Bengals offense. Yeah, his rushing yards per game and rushing touchdowns both went went up, which was good to see after that ACL injury. But the kind of thing that really got me to rank him above Justin Fields was the defense could be a lot worse. And the defense last year for the Bengals, they played the most snaps against backup quarterbacks. That was from ESPN's Bill Barnwell. We're also looking at the Steelers looking better on offense. The Ravens, like we just talked about, the Deshaun Watson Browns could look a lot better. What if Joe Burrow is just like in a bunch of shootouts this year? Because this yeah. this division looks completely loaded. I'm not sure if the Bengals defense is going to be as lethal. And I would love to see Joe Burrow in some shootouts. He is dealing with a calf injury, a calf strain. And calf strains have hampered quarterbacks in previous years. We can always bring up Dak Prescott a few years ago. Um, I'm hoping that's okay. It has been a while, all the month of August. Uh, And as you said, last year, his 257 rushing yards and five touchdowns in 16 games equaled the previous 26 games. Mm -hmm. So we got that same 
creativity beyond the line of scrimmage that we saw at LSU for Joe Burrow. And maybe we just get, you know, 17 games of T Higgins plus Jamar Chase plus Tyler Boyd out there. And that would really help us rather than one being injured and only having one alpha wide receiver out yep. there. I think one of these years, Jamar Chase is going to go freaking nuts. Hey, why not 2023? We actually ring Justin Herbert next. So everyone knows that a couple weeks ago, record a video with the great Colt McCoy on what this Chargers offense and how it will look different this year with Kellen Moore versus Joe Lombardi of previous years. Just to put some stats to that, Justin Herbert's average depth of target was fourth lowest in the NFL when kept clean, the third lowest A dot when under pressure, the lowest when not blitzed, and then 22nd when blitzed. So, Damn. like, no matter what the situation was, the team was simply not being aggressive. It felt like an offense was not built for Justin Herbert's arm. Now, you can mention plenty of offensive line injuries. You can mention a broken or cracked rib. You can talk about all that stuff. But what we now get with Kellen Moore is it doesn't matter if it's second and seven, first and 15, third and 11. Kellen Moore and just the diagramming that he is able to impart onto the field to create explosive plays is going to exponentially be better. And I can't wait to see Justin Herbert play in that Sullivan offense. And beyond that, I think that you could explain some of the lower average depth of target with just the fact that Keenan Allen and Mike Williams only stayed on the field for 22% of the snaps. We saw Rashawn Slater miss basically the entire season. Whenever Slater's on the field, uh, Justin Herbert's touchdown rate goes up 3.6%. His yards per attempt goes up a full yard downfield. We have now Quentin Johnson as the number three or number four wide receiver. Justin Herbert's ready to really cook. If you look at this chart, uh, you can just see from back when he started, baller, 2021, had some some sauce. And then last year, right when he had his rib injuries, all the rest of the offense is injured. He takes a dip. I think he's just going to rebound to where he was. We know Justin Herbert's an absolute freak. He only played with his top two wide receivers last year on 22% of his snaps. And I didn't bring this up in the Colt video, but I should have. Dallas finished first in red zone touchdown rate last season. The Chargers were 18th. Like condensed field and creativity in that area. And you still have Austin Eckler that you're attached to in the receiving mm -hmm. game too to make things happen. It's going to be beautiful stuff, even though he was the type that, you know, was drafted as quarterback five last year and finished as quarterback 18. Justin Fields is the next quarterback in our tiers. We recently did a video where we had bold predictions that we are not responsible for for the 2023 season. What I love about Justin Fields is that every single NFL field that he touches, he is the best athlete out there. But I got to tell you, Hayden, a little nervous. Yeah, so I can paint this picture either way just to go the the skeptical side. If you remove his three 55-plus yard touchdown runs last year, he averaged 15.3 fancy points per game, yeah. which is like nowhere near that. Now, at the same time, you add DJ Moore, you add Chase Claypool, you have your left tackle going into year two, you have Nate Davis, you have Darnell Wright, the offensive line should look better. You I can kind of, kind of see him make up the difference here. I did watch that preseason three game and I've watched some of the other reps. Like I've seen the screens that were for a touchdown. That's awesome. That's why DJ Moore is there. Awesome to see the rest of it though, man, yeah. like the play design, his accuracy kind of still looking at one side of the field. You just didn't feel like you got that much hype from Justin Fields this off season. Yep. Like this is typically when you start seeing the development, like we were hearing the Jalen hurts rumors like, Oh, he's put in the work. He's looking better. Blah, blah, blah. 
I feel like I haven't got that from Justin Field, so I did end up flipping Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert ahead of him. Yep, I'm with you. We have not seen a jump as a composed passer this preseason. Like the development from the pocket, guys are open down the field and he's turning them down. He's locking on to certain throws, pre-snap, bad ball placement, too much velocity at times. Like J.T. O'Sullivan does a tremendous job over at the quarterback school. Go watch his breakdown of that third preseason game. And it's worth noting that JT is one of the biggest advocates for Justin Fields coming out of college and during his time in the NFL so far. And it it was not pretty. It, it simply was not pretty. And so on top of that, I think there were some like questionable concepts. And then now that's questionable offensive line health, like Tevin Jenkins is going to miss games. Cody Whitehair can't play center right now because I think he has a broken hand or something. And Darnell Wright has missed parts of camp. So I don't think it's going to be Hayden to like the point where now he's being drafted as quarterback five or six. That'll drop down to like quarterback 18 where Justin Herbert finished last year. Like he can't bottom out, I think, because of the rushing. But there's a legitimate chance I think he finishes outside the top 10 quarterbacks if he doesn't improve as a real passer. I just didn't see this inaccuracy on this tape before. Like what's up with this? I, I, I don't understand that. Yeah. With that said, it's very easy to make the bull case too because, you know, on runs of 20 plus yards, he like basically set the NFL record for yeah. yards gained on top of that. And then those turned into touchdowns. Uh, yeah. He's like legitimately like the fastest player on the field for some snaps. It's crazy. It's, it's pretty amazing. Okay. That actually ends our kind of elite tier, which takes us to tier three, which we are calling boom bust. How dare you use bust when Trevor Lawrence tops this list? I mean, Trevor Lawrence you know me, one of his biggest fans. And now he's a legit alpha wide receiver talent. Yeah, I mean, it, it could just be a little bit of what happened with the Chargers last year where the offensive line creators, it's a bad offensive line, I'll say that. We haven't seen Trevor Lawrence be an elite fantasy quarterback option yet. True. You can paint the picture. So like, that's why I think he has the ability to like be like Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. But things have to go right now. I do think things will go right. Even last year, he was fourth in PFF's big-time throw rate. He didn't score that many touchdowns. I think Calvin Ridley throwing the ball to him down the sideline, you will start seeing that. There was a couple interceptions that didn't go his way. I think he'll clean up some of them. They were really bad in the red zone. They were not that good completing the downfield passes. I think just swapping out Calvin for Marvin Jones plus Trevor Lawrence going crazy. And like I think the underrated thing for Trevor Lawrence is Doug Peterson super aggressive? Like when he yeah. has the tools, he wants to go, 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 go. There's no excuses except for the offensive line. Trevor Lawrence should have a pretty good season. We'll talk about this in the wide receiver rankings video, but it's been so cool to see in this preseason when Calvin Ridley has played, when defenses play too high and he gets basically his choice of routes, he's eyeing Calvin Ridley immediately. Like that's that what sets good. him apart from Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and mm -hmm. Evan Ingram. And we know that Trevor Lawrence is a very aggressive passer. Um, and now he'll be able to unleash that arm a, a bit more often. And I think they're going to use a bit more diversity in terms of their personnel groupings this year. Uh, he did add five rushing touchdowns last year, which was not a fluke. He did the same thing at Clemson back in the mm -hmm. day. Have you ever been on vacation after a long day of activities or sightseeing? You have a night in room service, bathrobes and television or movies. And when you're in a foreign country, you scroll Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming service you have, and you realize that the library of content there is so much larger than it is in the United States. 
you start a new show, a new series. And when you get back home, you realize you now have to find that on a different service or pay for it in a different way. That is where Surfshark comes in. It's a VPN service that lets you virtually travel the world with a tap of a finger. You can go to Spain, Canada, Costa Rica to watch the content available in those countries. So you can try Surfshark today, totally risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals slash underdog. Or enter promo code underdog for three extra months for free. You heard me right. Three extra months for free. That is surfshark.deals slash underdog. Deshaun Watson checks in for us next, Hayden. Uh, yeah, this is a definition of boom bust. I can't complain there, can you? 17-game pace with the Texans. He would have been sixth in passing yards, sixth in passing touchdowns, sixth in rushing yards, sixth in rushing touchdowns last year. That's the upside case. I've seen some fun designs from Stefanski this year. I've seen even some fun quarterback run stuff. This is an elite supporting cast. Amari, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Elijah Moore, David Njoku, Nick Chubb. They complement each other. They're all good by, the, by themselves, but they complement each other so well. The problem was Deshaun Watson still feels a little bit wonky in this fit. And last year, the my favorite example of this was it was his highest career uh, time to throw. He was holding on to the ball. And at the same time, it was his lowest average depth of target, which meant he wasn't really seeing the field. Yeah, that needs to change. Now, we obviously see the upside here. We'll see what happens. I don't think anyone should feel very confident in their Deshaun Watson projection. So it's kind of in this tier where I'm like, this is where he belongs. It's a total leap of faith. And basically you're saying, hey, I want week one of the NFL season to not look anything like the preseason or the end of last year. Like it's a it's a giant leap of faith. It has not been a seamless fit. And we brought up Zach Jackson's, you know, training camp report back on August 15th. The quote is not since early in camp have we seen strings of consecutive completions in any 11 on 11 period. Now. In the past, he has also given us at least a little bit of a rushing floor. The last three years of starting, he had anywhere from 400 to 550 rushing yards, ranging from three to seven rushing touchdowns. It's about 30 rushing yards per game. And I do like that Kevin Stefanski, in terms of personnel groupings, is building this very differently than he did with Baker Mayfield. Their rate of 11 personnel on passing plays, so three wide receiver sets, Baker Mayfield was at 53.4% and 45.4%. Last year, for Deshaun Watson, it was at 76.8%. So I think Kevin Stefanski has done way more with way less, and this is on Deshaun Watson. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, Watson is the one that is going to be there for years and years and years to come because of his contract. And you always know that in freaking December, Cleveland's going to be 14 degrees too. That's always in the back of my mind with these guys. Okay, Daniel Jones checks in for us. Many saw last year's low average depth of target, the average depth of throw, and lack of explosive downfield plays as like a quarterback, as a Daniel Jones issue. If you pull back and realize what Mike Kafka and Brian Dayball want to do and then, you know, watch all three preseason games this year, it's pretty evident that these guys want explosive plays, that they want to dial it up down the field. They just used his quarterback movement and the pieces that they had last year to win games and they're good coaches. So they won games. And so I'm really excited to see what potential ceiling we get as a passer from Daniel Jones this year. 
his design runs were double what they were the previous year. His scramble rate was almost three times what it was previously. So that's maximizing Daniel Jones strengths. Then we saw with Darren Waller, a lot of these in-breaking routes, get him in man coverage and let him just go be bigger and more athletic than corners. We've seen that in the preseason. And then even Jalen Hyatt, who's probably going to be a part-time player, but they are scheming him up in ways where they're either getting him in motion uh, before the snap or right at the snap or getting him in the slot and letting him run right by safeties downfield. You love to see it. This is Brian Dayball at his, at his finest. And we saw what the floor is for Daniel Jones last year. It's pretty high. He's going to run around. But I do think that the downfield shots and they were dead last in 20 plus yard passes will rebound this year. And I think that Daniel Jones is like worst case scenario. Leave your draft with Daniel Jones. He is being drafted as the quarterback 13 on underdog, even later than that on platforms out there. So far, this is the player that we are highest on in comparison to ADP because he is our uh, quarterback 10 ranked at this moment. I mean, I'm excited, man. Darren Waller led tight ends last year in 20 plus yard targets. We have seen him and we'll talk about this on the tight end show being the focal point of the passing game. And your guy, Jalen Hyatt, if he's making an explosive catch down the field, it's because they put him in motion and put him in a position to succeed. Like I'm all in on Kafka and Dayball. The only hesitation is our guy, Rich Rebar, said that Daniel Jones has like the most difficult passing schedule uh, that he's facing this year. But that's a lot of preseason predictions baked into that, mm. I believe. Okay. Full disclosure, prior to the Jonathan Taylor news, which we have an entire video on, we did have Anthony Richardson ahead of Daniel Jones. I moved him back beyond DJ. So did you. And my reasoning is, doesn't necessarily change the play in, play out, Anthony Richardson factor, it changes how successful to me this Colts offense is going to be. As we talked about with the Eagles, if you rush effectively and efficiently, it just brings everyone down and that allows for more explosive plays on the field. And that's just going to be more difficult to do now. Yeah. What's so funny is what we saw on his tape at Florida is exactly what's happened in this preseason out of 62 qualifying quarterbacks anthony richardson's been sixth in big time throw rate throws the ball downfield sixth in average depth of target those are those downfield plays as well those are good things but at the same time he had the second worst adjusted completion percentage which accounts for drop i'm um, looking at you alec pierce down the field and then the third uh highest turnover worthy play rate so you're getting this boom bust potential as a passer and i think that's what it's going to be probably one of the worst in the league but at the same time he like legitimately can't get sacked and yes. It's because he's cheap. It's because he's too big and strong. Like, yeah. Yeah, like yes, he has. He's the most athletic quarterback we've ever seen. It's like a Big Ben had Cam Newton's athleticism. It's like he's like literally cannot be stopped there. Um, and the big takeaway from the preseason game was the Colts were playing so fast, man. Like they were snapping the ball with like twenty five seconds left on the clock, and they were saying that that's just what Anthony Richardson likes to do. This is a forward thinking uh, coaching staff. I think that he's going to get there. It's going to be ugly, but it's going to yeah. be fun. If you need him, I like, for example, I'm in a super flex draft where I drafted Richardson and Aaron Rodgers, my quarterback two, three. I'll probably start with, with Rodgers just to see how this thing goes back and forth. But I think by the end of the season, hopefully the accuracy gets cleaned up. It, if it all hits, Anthony Richardson is the one that can vault up into the top six scores of this. Like he can mm -hmm. break where he's going probably more than anyone else. I'm with you. If I'm drafting Anthony Richardson, I am doubling up with, as you said, Rogers or Geno Smith or someone in that area of the draft. And I failed to mention this with Justin Fields, who has been the worst through his first couple of years in the NFL in terms of allowing pressures to turn into sacks, Anthony Richardson and his special quality is not allowing that to happen. 
I mean, he was pressured at a class high rate of the 2023 NFL draft at 37% of his dropbacks, but was sacked at a class low 10% of those pressures. And sure, you can say it was against second and third stringers in the preseason. We're already seeing it against NFL caliber players. And I think that translates. We've also seen the inaccuracies. I hope those get better just like they did as the season goes along because he's not a raw player. He's just inexperienced. I simply, for the trajectory of his career, don't think he's going to fail because of his wicked pocket movement. Um, as you said, there's going to be games where you just can't watch and you check back in and he's put up 19 fancy points for you, yeah. even though it was ugly. I will say Alec Pierce has gotten zero separation yeah. and that concerns me. He's supposed to be the downfield guy. <laughs> he is supposed to be the downfield guy. Uh, I believe that's the end of this tier. It, it is. is. These are the boom or bust quarterback ones. And now we get into the old guys. And I hate that we have to call Dak Prescott part of the statues, maybe even the old guard of the quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. uh, but ever since that calf injury and the broken ankle and all of it, Dak Prescott is no longer one of these rushing upside quarterbacks. Yeah, he just hasn't rebounded fully. And I think the reason why is they just want to pass the ball all over the yard in Dallas. And their weapons, to me, look a little bit better. I think they're going to get Tony Pollard out in space. They don't have the Zeke Elliott type of back to run it up the middle. I think Brandon Cooks is a massive addition as their wide receiver, too. Michael Gallup seems like he's having a better offseason in his second year removed from that ACL injury. And I think Jake Ferguson and Dalton Schultz ultimately would probably be a very similar player. So I think Dak Prescott's probably going to pass a ton here. I think we're probably reading too much into the McCarthy on off. Yeah. Ultimately, like I've like almost just been like, okay, Aaron Rodgers wants to play slow. We know that McCarthy was passing a ton with Rodgers. I think that's just what this personnel is best at. And the Cowboys keep making sharp moves, like in the front office. I think they're just going to do the smart thing and just pass the ball a ton. I think their success on a per play, per play basis is probably going to drop off and like the pace that they were playing with. And then obviously you can't go anywhere but down in terms of number one in red zone success rate that they right. did last year. Um, but when people talk about Mike McCarthy, it's like, oh, they're going to be bottom 10 in a bunch of categories now. And it's probably going to be like lead at league average or like slightly above that, which is totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I fine. don't see, I don't see the ultimate ceiling with Dak because he's not going to be either as much anymore. So he's our quarterback 12. Our quarterback 13 is uh, Geno Smith, uh, who put on one hell of a season last year. And it's all stuff that like, absolutely translates it's for real it was downfield aggression it was pre-snap calls it was difficult pockets he was getting hit while he was throwing down the field uh only patrick mahomes this is one of my favorite stats of 2023 fantasy football only patrick mahomes matched geno smith in games with multiple passing touchdowns last year and you're able to get that as the quarterback 15 which is wild because the seahawks were 28th in red zone touchdown rate that's just like how explosive this offense has which I guess you can say will regress, but I think the red zone stuff will regress the other way. And also, like, they got some dogs. Like, DK yeah. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are ball winners downfield. And Geno Smith led the NFL in completion percentage over expected. You don't do that by by accident. He's, like, legitimately a crazy accurate passer. I think they're going to throw the ball downfield. I think they're going to throw the ball a ton. Charbonnet helps. I think JSN helps. Their rookie uh, tackles from last year going into year two. That all helps. And I just think that what Geno Smith did, pocket movement-wise, aggressiveness downfield, throwing the ball over the middle of the field where it's more valuable, right? all that sticky. And you're just watching, like, the ball is just coming out of his hand like a rocket ship, and it doesn't really miss. The areas where a team, if they, like, brought it all back, could regress, like, 
I don't think apply here because they changed it up. Like you said, they brought in another back that has strengths where there are weaknesses for Kenneth Walker. Uh, they brought in JSN after last year, you know, using three wide receiver sets on just 63% of their passes, which was 26th in the league. And look, if it does the rate of their touchdowns go down outside the red zone, which was super high, then maybe they're more successful inside the red zone, as you said, where they're 27th. So there's a lot of outs here, I think, for us and Geno Smith. And he's really easy to stack for your mm -hmm. teams out there too. Kirk Cousins checks in as our quarterback 14, exactly where he's being drafted. Uh, it's pretty simple for me here. Kevin O'Connor's a good coach. They're going to throw the football a lot. <laughs> and they have no choice but to throw the football a ton. This defense, if you look at the corners, it's a disaster. And they brought in Brian Flores, who's got one job, and it's to blitz the shit out of his defense to try to get some turnovers. But that could really speed things up. I think the Vikings are going to be in a ton of shootouts. We've got a dome environment. They now have TG Hawkinson and Jordan Addison basically replacing the ghost of Adam Thielen last year. Adam Thielen's having a brutal preseason in my eyes, creating no separation. I think that Kirk Cousins could be in a beautiful spot. And actually, the last two years, he's been 73rd and 98th overall in fantasy points over replacement per game. I don't really think much has changed here. And I think people are like trying to like just because Kirk Cousins in the final year of his contract, like pretend that he's like going to be holding out or sitting out at the end of the season. Like the Vikings want to win. Kevin O'Connell's a quarterback guy. This is going to be full on aerial assault just because they have to, because the special teams and defense are trash. Tua is actually the player that we are probably lowest on in terms of ADP. He's being drafted as quarterback 10 on underdog. We have him as the quarterback 15. All Dolphins fans just logged out. I will quickly say one reason for it for me is because he simply is not going to give us a massive ceiling or ever help when in terms of rushing the football. Um, when that offense was clicking on all cylinders, it gave us beautiful weeks, massive points. But when it struggled at all, and that's the last that we saw of this, he was very average in terms of fantasy points out there. He does some really successful things in terms of how quick he is in terms of the RPO game, how accurate he is there, how he throws to certain places. He's dominant in the intermediate portions of the field. Um, but unless they are, once again, the number one offense for eight weeks of the NFL season, a huge ceiling outcome doesn't exist for me. And I just anticipate the Dolphins running the ball way more than they did last year, which would hurt Tua. And I just think that all those explosive plays, while they have the playmakers to try to repeat that, I do think that defenses are going to make massive adjustments. It's just an offense that has never really been played before, and defenses are going to take a year to adjust to it and really like he he had the 12 weeks of fantastic ball the rest of his career has been extremely hit and miss especially down the stretch last year aaron Rodgers closes out the statues tier which just makes total sense we have been able to see aaron Rodgers for one preseason game and what we did see hayden was beautiful and what i loved most about it was that brain sink that he had with garrett wilson it was beautiful to see i mean on the first snap of the game Giants defensive coordinator Wink Martindale showed zero coverage. Cornerback was playing off. Zero communication. Garrett Wilson runs a smoke screen. Easy catch and run. Then later on, I think it was the last throw of the game, another zero blitz. This time the corner is playing tight. Threw a beautiful back shoulder touchdown to Garrett Wilson despite a run being called. Checked out of it. And it was that vintage Aaron Rodgers placement. And what I've always said is... That usage for a quarterback and a wide receiver inside the red zone, 
it made him and Devonte Adams unstoppable at times. And that we're already seeing it between him and Garrett Wilson makes me super optimistic. Yeah. This is kind of like the Michelangelo's David version of the statues where you're like really old, doesn't talk to your family, but it's a must see TV. Aaron Rodgers to me seems happy. And I think that's going to be a huge deal. And just because he's old, I do want to mention in 2021, Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback five. Tom Brady was a quarterback three at this age. In 2020, Aaron Rodgers was a quarterback three. Tom Brady was the quarterback eight. You can easily tell me that Aaron Rodgers goes crazy this year. I would not be stunned at all. We've completely rid him off just because last year was a disaster. But go look at that. I mean, that was a brutal. They had injuries on the O-line. The, the defense wasn't playing that well. The I mean, look at the wide receiver group there versus this one. I just think Aaron Rodgers can have one of these classic seasons. So I do think that he belongs in this tier, even though most will probably dock him down. With all that said, he does not want to get hit. And this offensive line does have questions. And so if even some of the stars they're putting out there now get injured, like if Bear Tucker gets injured, like that can right. totally tank the team almost like it did Brady last mm -hmm. year and really destroy whatever optimism that we uh, do have. Just quickly, Ron Stewart pointed this out. Nathaniel Hackett's Green Bay Packers offense is when he was attached to Aaron Rodgers. The pass rate over expectation in the red zone. 2021, it was fourth in the NFL. 2020, it was seventh in the NFL. 2019, it was first in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So, hey, passing touchdowns inside the 10-yard line, inside the red zone. Pretty good stuff. And we'll talk about Garrett Wilson a lot in the wide receiver show. Okay, our final tier, it's the grab bag. For us, it leads off with Matthew Stafford, who is being drafted by all of you out there as quarterback 23. We have him as our quarterback 17. Talk about getting written off, Hayden. If things and the stars align and Matthew Stafford stays healthy, we think a wide receiver one overall season for Cooper Cup is in the range of outcomes. And if that's the case, Matthew Stafford is going to easily pay off this quarterback 23 price tag. Yeah, it's another one of these where the defense is so horrific and the coaching staff is so good that you just think that they're going to pass the ball a ton. And we've seen Matthew Stafford have some really weird like quarterback 13 finishes back in the Detroit Lions days where everything was working against him except he had a stud uh wide receiver one so i think that's where we are but this this whole tier this, there's a difference between the the statue quarterbacks that we know and then like this is kind of like the other type of statues like maybe that that ronaldo bust where his eyes were looking all wonky and stuff and just <laughs> didn't look right these quarterbacks here have some flaws if i was going to pick one that maybe has a chance to like really get into the like fringe quarterback one tier i honestly think it might be kenny pickett just because the weapons look better i think that he looks much better if they're gonna allow him to like play some bootleg and throw the ball downfield a little bit more in breaking routes jalen warren uh continuing to look explosive i think they go like four or five deep in the skill group and i do think that kenny pickett going back to his prospect profile like 94th percentile passing epa in college among drafted quarterbacks like people did not want to admit it but i thought that he had some potential athletically his issue was like reading defenses and stuff and i think that he's putting in the work and i trust that uh, Tom on the Steelers and get that corrected. I do think that he can move and he has the arm talent to be at least somewhat interesting. Yeah, we won't go through all of these, you know, quarterback 17 through 31 rankings here. I'll call attention. And by the way, if you leave your starting quarterback to quarterback 17, you've already lost the season. <laughs> like, Don't do it's over. It. But for many of your super flex, you, you might be going after one of these guys. I want to call attention to Sam Howell. By the way, you bullied me like last February when I had a positive Sam Howell tweet. And you're like, oh, Sam Howell's not going to do anything. Guess what? Now he is. And quickly, mm -hmm. Sam Howell had over 1,100 rushing yards his final year at North Carolina. 11 touchdowns, 
including 60 scrambles, and a lot of that stuff was designed runs. So far, we have three preseason games of Eric Bieniemy's concepts. I think he's shown a lot of comfort in there. Things aren't going to be perfect, but when something does break down or a wide receiver gets rerouted or falls down, he's showing some poise. They're running a bunch of downfield concepts with yep. wide receivers who can win coming back to the football. There's a lot of positive stuff right now, I think, for, for Sam Howell, how he can outperform what his quarterback 24 ADP right now. And that's even risen a lot because his preseason has been very good. So as long as he holds on to the job, he will be a top 24 fantasy quarterback. It's just the commanders and freaking Rivera. All right. Go and check out the rest of our tiers and rankings and every other video we have on the channel. If you're drafting on ESPN Sleeper, Yahoo, check out this cheat code videos for producer weaves. For Hayden, I'm Josh. Up the Vela. We'll talk to y'all soon. See ya.